0: Welcome to The Next Spring, a podcast about renewal and reinvention. I'm your host, Kathleen Goodman, a longtime student of change and an avid learner who loves to spot the links in disparate ideas. I'm in the throes of my own reinvention, so come walk along with me as I find my way through the unknown. This is Episode 8, Regret. It's been a minute since I last posted a podcast episode. This episode has been really hard for me to work on. Um, And yeah, I have the excuse of the holidays and I had a few papers due for school and things like that, so life got a little busy. But honestly, I didn't quite know where to begin. So we're going to talk about regret, and one of my early regrets is feeling so blocked on this topic. The thing is, Regret is a natural part of transition. It's not one that gets shouted from the mountaintops because it isn't very fun, but it's important. So this week, I'll talk a little bit about what's been happening for me on the front of regret and what it's been teaching me. Like I said, this episode has been hard for me to work through. I found myself avoiding it over and over again, like it was going to be too much of a downer for all of you cheery listeners. But mostly because I was reluctant to delve into it. It's yucky and a little painful or at least uncomfortable. But the truth is this space between transitions in this neutral zone is just a bit painful, messy, and awkward. So here's the thing, folks, we have to go here, like it or not. There are a range of regrets, But in this episode, I'm going to focus on one piece of the regret puzzle, the guilt that bubbles up from the wellspring of the nature of change. It's never one thing that changes. The fact is, change begets change. The impact of me leaving my job didn't really hit me until I was wrapping up my goodbye party. During it, people shared stories of how I had impacted them, and I laid awake that night Worrying about the people I worked alongside for years, these people I adore, the people I had grand adventures with, the people whose work I was integral to for years. And now I left them. It happens. It happens all the time. But it doesn't make it easy. And these people are brilliant. I have no doubt they are and always will be okay. But the fact is that my change triggered a cascade of changes for them. Some welcome, some not. If I'm being honest, it's something I worry about still. I tell myself not to, but it won't let me go. I don't have delusions of grandeur, don't get me wrong. I was not indispensable. But I played a specific part in the ecosystem of my team. And I gave specific kinds of guidance, support, and direction to people. They will each find new sources in time. Some probably already have, no doubt. But that in itself is a transition. By launching into my transition, following that call to create an ending and launch myself into a new beginning, I threw a pebble in the proverbial pond and it generated a chain of transitions big and small for everyone around me. The interconnected web of all of us breaks in places, And each of us has to either wait out the ripples on the water or plunge beneath the surface and see what we can find down there. See, it's not guilt that I've somehow ruined people's lives. That's kind of impossible. It is guilt that my transition was the pebble. And in a year when nobody needs one more thing to work through, it feels kind of bad to me. Yet it was time and there was nothing else to be done. And so the ripples began. I started a chain of change and transition. And yet, for new beginnings to burst forward, a lot of disruption has to happen. I think I used this metaphor back in episode three, but you know, when a tulip bursts forward in the springtime, they say it displaces an entire square foot of earth for one pretty red tulip. So if you're a grain of dirt in that square foot, It feels pretty bumpy, like an earthquake. Eventually there's a beautiful flower that's there, but it can be pretty hard in the meantime. And it would be disingenuous of me to say, if I'm the tulip in this metaphor, that I don't feel a little bit badly about the fact that it's time to spring forward, shake up the ground around me. If I had it all to do again, I would still make this choice. I would still launch into the great unknown. But that doesn't mean that the regret isn't real, and that I don't wonder, often, how are they doing? What's happened with their ripples? Has something good come along with the hard things? Maybe even something better? Or has it actually been worse, and that's just how it is for now? Regardless, I hope they each know I think of them, and I wonder, and I do hope that Maybe by now some of them are even throwing their own pebbles, or have found some calm waters, whichever serves them best. In his Hero with a Thousand Faces, Joseph Campbell outlines the common thread and backbone of myths throughout time and across cultures. He describes it as the hero's journey. It begins with a call and a leaving of the known world. Although many myths first feature the hero declining this call. My regret, in a sense, is like a latent decline of that call, an unwillingness to fully let go of what and especially who I have left behind. Answering the call requires what Campbell calls crossing the threshold. You have to leave the known world and all of the people in it behind. You also leave who you were, your identity, behind. And all those people are a big part of that identity. I defined myself in relation to them. Crossing that threshold is also a sort of death of who we were for each other. And that has to die in order to make room for whatever we will become next to one another. But it doesn't mean there isn't real grief at releasing what was. More on that next week. Regret at leaving the known world and the beloved people there is part of the regret picture, but it isn't all of it. Leaving this known world also triggers a descent into challenges, trials, and reckonings. For me, that part has felt a little like a hall of mirrors in a traveling carnival, a journey through all the things I didn't quite get right, the places where I didn't manage to deliver what I intended to, and the ways I fell short of my own expectations. Now that could sound like a lot of silly, negative self-talk, but I don't experience it that way. I think all of this regret has a purpose. It's part of what I need to struggle with or wrestle through to do a few things. First, it's part of fully leaving the previously known world. The disenchantment and disengagement needs regret to work like a little ice pick breaking away any lingering attachments I have to what was. Second, regret is part of the process for harvesting every possible lesson from this previous experience. When I'm in the middle of my hectic days and busy juggling, it's very hard to see the deeper truth of what's happening and how I'm contributing to it. That makes it hard for smart, busy people like me to ever learn anything. Slowing down, and when my mind wanders there, combing back through the regrets helps me learn. Yeah, I'm good, but there are also a lot of areas where I can do better. Lastly, regret has been, for me, a wayfinder. It shines a light on what I love and cherish, what I want to be sure is a big part of my next new beginning, and what I'm ready to let go of or reimagine. It becomes crystal clear what I value and makes me appreciate even more those moments of sweetness. The fact is, there is no going back. I can't recreate what was, even if I wanted to. But regret underlines the things I loved most, providing sharp contrast so I can see it clearly. So me and my newfound friend regret are digesting our way through what has ended. And that creates a clearing for something new. So here's my invitation for you this week. Take a look at regret, maybe with a little more gentleness and even gratitude than you looked at it the last time. What is it that regret is trying to offer you or teach you? Bring a little curiosity and see what you find. Thanks for joining me to explore the world of regret. If you found it helpful, Please share and I'll see you next time.